This is the Comedy Kiosk, podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Welcome to the Comedy Kiosk, a podcast in which we talk about news, opinions and ideas in comedy. I'm David Munoz. And I'm Igor Monday. And today's bit is going to be called Weird Bits and Shows. And it's basically over to you, Igor. Why the hell are we talking about this? Well, yeah, I just started reminiscing and thinking of some very strange, unusual shows that I've had in the last seven, almost eight years I've been doing stand-up. And basically just thinking that in that moment, maybe they sounded or looked uh, fine to me. But then now that I think back, some of them were quite weird, unusual. I'm not sure it's the kind of thing that really should happen on stand-up shows. <laughs> okay. So I thought that we could uh, basically share some stories yeah. and uh, let the people know what kind of weird shit stand-up shows can end up being and what kind of weird little moments can happen during the shows, before the shows, in regards uh, to venues, audience, other comics or anything like this. Yeah. So let me start with uh, one of the weirdest things that ever happened. Uh, and I'm not sure you were there. So maybe I'm sure you've heard of this, but I, 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 possibly. I, I can't remember were you there that particular evening. But what happened was, and I'll start kind of a little bit with, uh, with an, what do you call it, prologue, right? Mm -hmm. uh, of this preamble here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what was it? What was supposed to happen, right? So <laughs> The way it was supposed to go, but obviously did not. Well, the way it was supposed to go is like every stand-up show, right? But uh, <laughs> Everyone goes on stage, they kill it, great jokes, the audience loves you, and then someone offers to give you a handjob afterwards. Wait, so you've heard this story. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the point is that some years ago, before the whole pandemic and stuff, before it became impossible. <gasps> back would, in the never, never. <laughs> yes, yes. Back in the good old days. The dream time. We would, we would try our best to bring a foreign comic, like an experienced comic from another country, uh, here basically to have some diversity, to showcase some new faces and so on. And usually it was once a month mm -hmm. on a Saturday. It would be a bigger show in a fancier venue, ticketed and stuff like this. Yep. And then we would also recommend to those comics to come a day before that on Friday, because on Friday we had our regular showcase where we would choose like three, four or five people, depending on the era and organization that we worked with yeah. back then. Basically, they would get 10 to 15 minute uh, spot and they would see what the audience is like. Like yeah, how, to kind of prepare them. And, yeah, yeah. To, and also kind of like a, an advertisement because then you could take that little bit, you could show it saying this is what you can expect to see for the show tomorrow and buy a ticket. Yeah, so it <clears> was <throat> beneficial for us, beneficial for them to, you know, test the waters, to see how people rea react to some jokes. Should they slow down? Should they speed up? Should they yeah. announce it more, etc. Should they so, use simple words? Yes, a thing that you never mastered. Nope. So <laughs> refuse to master. I refuse to master it. Thank you very much. I know. I shall do. be verbose as verbose as I could be. Oh, that's going to be one of the weird stories I, I tell later. Actually, I forgot about that. There you go. Keep going. <laughs> um, write it down. So basically, Saturday was the booked uh, show for this headliner guest comedian that we had. Uh, already selling well and stuff. Friday, he was supposed to do our regular Friday show, which was a small basement dive bar mm -hmm. uh, made and ran by a group of friends 
for the last like 20 years or something. Hey, people, oh, you're talking about Prostate, right? Yes. Right. People that were really into kind of weird music. They had their own like bands. They would gather and jam. Like Yeah, dude. I think it was like a jam room or something. Like they just meet up late on a Saturday. They'd bring their guitars. They had like a piano in the background like that you could just, and they just sat around and yeah, I was there a few times afterwards and interesting people, cool. Interesting people, weird, strange, but interesting. Yeah, interesting Artistic, is a good, good word. But after like one or two a.m., it would really, really get weird. I don't know, have you ever stayed that long? Oh yeah. But yeah, it would be like huge drunk biker dudes playing. Uh, what do you call it? Like the board backgammon? game, backgammon. Yeah, yeah, and this kind of stuff. But yeah, anyway. And they had their illegal. Like they had their uh, moonshine, their samagon. Yeah. But they had their own one because I remember the owner of the bar at one point. He also offered us. Like he gave us free shots a few times to my wife and I, and we ended up plastered, getting home absolutely and utterly plastered. Yeah, it was that kind of place where yeah. you know a lot of things. Uh, was sold that probably wasn't legal uh, and 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 but yeah but in terms of a bar itself yeah. the venue it was that kind of you know like um, bohemian cool rustic well I, DIY I, I, I would say broken damaged a little bit like you know <sighs> such negative words w- what would you call it like open pipes not open pipes like visible oh yeah like you know there's there's no proper ceiling sort of thing yeah yeah and this kind so of you stuff can see and, all the wiring and all the rest yeah exactly and uh, i remember i'll always i'll never forget this and it's i think fits well into this story once i invited a group of friends to come mm. that i knew for maybe a couple of weeks only like through someone else and i was like i do stand up they were like oh we would love to come and see it where is it and i was like friday at this place. Right. So the show was at nine, maybe. <laughs> so it's had to lose friends quickly. By Eagle Monday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Invite them to your stand-up show in this dingy backwater little retro bar underground in a basement with exposed wiring tubes. Yeah, I'm sure that's not what they expected, but that's not even the worst thing. <laughs> Basically, it was Friday and the show was maybe at nine. So people finished work at seven yeah. and went straight for the bar. Uh-huh. I was planning to be there at eight, eight thirty. So I had no idea they would go there that early. And at 7.30, I get a message from one of these guys. And he says, by the way, we came to the place you described. We're not sure we're in the right place. And I'm like, okay, can you describe it? And he's like, "Uh, it smells like my dead grandfather's coffin. I'm like, you're in the right place. (laughs) It's like, it it is that kind of place, right? So we had this Friday show there. It was uh, late October. I remember late October, it was still kind of okay weather, maybe Mm. like 12, 15 degrees outside. So it's a basement. It's like two floors down, basically, mm-hmm. in the basement, this place. And above it, it's a bar. And above that, it's some kind of hostel or whatever. So we started the show. I was hosting the show. It was supposed to be, I think, four comics and then this headliner. Full room, packed, mm-hmm. like completely. People sitting on the stairs, on the floor, everywhere, because it was that kind of place as well. Yeah. So I start hosting. First 10, 15 minutes go. Show is great. Super responsive crowd. Great atmosphere. People drinking, having fun. Amazing. And then at one point, we just hear like some kind of quiet, quiet, like crackling noises from the corner. And I turn around and I see a pipe like slowly bursting, like small, small holes and water starts dropping from the pipe. And we're like, uh, okay, water is dropping from the pipe. And uh, Oleg one of our one one of like my co-organizers at that at that uh, period of time he was like a bartender do you have a bucket or something whatever by the time we managed to kind of get the bucket to just put it under this the pipe completely burst and the water started spraying in like basically waves out of this pipe in the next three minutes 
the whole place was flooded to your knees. Wow. So people started grabbing their drinks and going out because someone just ordered a bottle, someone ordered like whatever. And there was a terrace upstairs. Even though it yep. was late October, they still kept the terrace outside. People just rushed outside, of course. And in the next like With five, their drinks, like don't leave the drinks. No. With oh, the no, drinks, no. With Protect, the food. Save the drinks, save yeah. the drinks. And I mean, it was even quite dangerous. As it's, again, I say, as I said, like two floors underground. Yeah. So if it fills, you're kind of trapped, yeah. right? So people ran outside in, in kind of panic. And uh, by the time we picked up everything, like equipment and stuff, helped mm -hmm. the bar staff to, you know, like somehow uh, close the, what do you call it, the, the valve. All right, yeah, yeah. And stuff like this. Yeah, and we went upstairs and most of the audience was still there because mm -hmm. they were finishing their drinks and it was kind of nice weather and they were hanging on the terrace. And we just checked like, okay, all the comics are still here. Mm -hmm. This guy like came from abroad to visit yeah. us to perform. Most of the audience is still here. Let's do a show on the terrace. Yeah. And the terrace was still there, but the chairs and tables were taking, uh, taken away because they were prepared to put it in storage because it was almost like autumn, winter and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we just like stood on that terrace, asked people to stand in front of us. There were two comics from each side with their flashlights on the phone, uh, like kind of making a spotlight on the performing comic. Yeah. We had no microphone or anything, so we found like a stick or something for a comic to hold, to pretend it's a microphone, <laughs> just so you have that feeling of because I'm on Because comedians are so stupid. Like, they're so dramatic. I can't do jokes and be funny unless I have something in my hand. Well, I mean, it's that... Give me a hairbrush. Give me a hairbrush. Yeah, I'm a performer. I need my microphone. That's, that's how it works. Uh -huh. So, yeah, and we did the rest of that show. All the remaining comics did their sets. Something like 60% of the audience stayed. Mm. So I think originally it was maybe 50 people in that room. I would say around 30 stayed on that terrace for the additional hour or something in their jackets at like plus 10, 12 degrees <laughs> in the night. With a drink in their hands. With a drink, seeing this show till the end. And even like we had a bucket at the end yeah. and we gathered some money from them and people were more than generous because they were like, well, I mean, it can happen to anyone, just this kind of thing of pipe burst, right? Mm. But uh, the fact that you... Soldiered on. Yeah, yeah, like uh, show must go on, basically. Yeah. you you What uh, professionalism. We did yeah. not expect that from you at all. I mean, they pro they did not, and why would they? <laughs> yeah. So look uh, at us. Such such a kind well, of you, you know. I think I will never forget the show performing for like thirty people. Yeah. Just standing up, uh, like on a terrace, holding yes. a stick or a knife or something like this, with two guys on the sides with the mm -hmm. flashlights in your face, and uh, yeah, and still went really well. People laughed. People enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, that would be a bit of a waste. No, and I was not there for that. That one I did not partake in. Yeah, I, I, I think I have a vague memory of who was performing that night, and I don't think you were there. No, no. But uh, yeah, so do you have a weird story, uh, weird moment, a bit? Oh, there's there's been a few, but actually one that I just thought of, so I'd like to say it before I forget, uh, what is, I remember I had come up with a, a new bit, and actually it was when we were doing the storytelling bit, and I was hosting it, one of the storytelling shows, and I started telling the story of, of uh, Richard, the, the gay guy who hit on me, sort of thing, when I was in my 20s early twenties. And, um, so it was a new bit that I was like playing with and, and that I was kind of learning how to like formulate and all the rest. And, and I was performing it 
And we had just moved to a new venue, Ruin, I think it was, the one that was also another basement. It's a very common theme here is to end up performing in basements, it seems. But anyway. I think it's a very common theme everywhere. I remember first time we went performing around Europe and mm-hmm. we thought like, fuck, after like three years performing in basement bars, finally some normal places. And out of, I think, five shows, four were in basements. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's Where do you have a comedian? In the basement. I think it's for, for uh, I mean, even many of like the comedy cellar and stuff yeah. like this, there are many of like famous comedy clubs are also underground. So. Yeah. So anyway, um, so we were in a new location. You know, we had some whole new bunch of faces and whatever, like new, new crowd. It was a small sort of place. And I remember I was doing this Richard bit. Now, the thing is, you know, Russia already has a little bit of a reputation of being a bit homophobic sort of stuff, which, you know, but, you know, I was doing this bit and um, there was one guy I remember in the audience and he was probably uh, Southern Russian, maybe, uh, or Chechen or something like that. And he was sitting and I got up and I did my bit and he was sitting like near the, near the, the front, but I mean, it was a small bar. It's not that hard. And he had this serious look on his face, like this really angry, like furrowed brow look on his face. And I was doing this Richard bit and blah, blah, blah. And I did all this. And the whole time he's just scowling at me the whole show. And I was like, okay. And then I got off stage and I got the applause, you know, he applauded, but he still had like that bit of perplex look on his face. And I was like, oh, and then I thought, well, I don't think this guy's going to come back because he had this look for most of the show. I thought maybe he's, you know, he doesn't know what this whole setup is or something like, you know, it's his first time at stand up. And he's like, this is not what I like. So anyway, forgot about it, moved on. And then the next time I went there, I went to perform the next week and he was there again. And I was like, oh, Jesus. And I was doing, I can't remember if I was doing the same bit again or something. Maybe I think it was some time, but it was, it was another bit that, and he was glaring at me the whole time again. I'm like, oh, fucking hell. You know, this guy's not really enjoying it. And then at the end of it, I was grabbing a drink at the bar and I turn around. You know that moment where you spin, like you, you grab your drink, you turn around and then someone is like like an inch from your face. And this guy was tall and he was this big burly kind of guy. Like it was a very manly man sort of look. And he had that serious look on his face and he's looking down at me and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like I turn around, I almost hit my drink against him like to spill. I'm like, oh fuck. And then he's like, he looks down at me and he's like, and with kind of a broken, very thick accent, he's just like, I like your comedy. It is very smart and intelligent and very broad-minded. I enjoy it very much. And I was like, oh, Ken, he goes, you are probably my favorite comedian. You are one of my favorites. I'm like, thank you. Thank you very much. He's like, please continue. This is what you get for being a judgmental bigot, David. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What, what I figured out, I think what it was, was it was just him super concentrating. He was just a very serious guy in the sense of, I do not want to miss a joke because his full attention was always straight to the I'm like, oh, no, he's just super focused. Like this guy is just, but with a serious face focus, like I cannot miss joke. You are hilarious. I love you. It's like, okay, thank you, buddy. I pay for every second. I listen to every second. Exactly. I don't waste time on left. Yeah. And if I recall, I think he actually tipped quite well. Like he, in the bucket, he always gave like a, a good amount. So he obviously, and I saw him a few times there and he seemed to enjoy himself. Well, <laughs> seemed to enjoy himself. No, <laughs> but afterwards he would then relax and you could see him like talking to usually, I think maybe it was his wife or girlfriend or whatever, but they would have chats and whatever you could see like, and I think a couple of times, maybe you or someone else sat with him and like was talking about the bits and yeah, but it was like one of those, Oh, Oh, okay. So you're you're a friendly guy, actually. You just have serious face, like angry face. That, that's his default. 
resting bitch face. Yeah. But yeah, if if uh, to mention some audience members that are memorable and and uh, mm. I remember well, first of all, we had a topic which was uh, all about hecklers, mm-hmm. right? And I talked about this incident where one of our comedians and a good friend of mine got headbutted <laughs> by a person from another room who was just irritated by stand-up existing and, and stuff like this <laughs> how and, uh, dare you do this format <laughs> i mean it was a drunk scottish person so what else could you expect but yeah and actually he wasn't he was irritated uh, because of stand-up but he started an actual physical uh, brawl because one of our other uh, comedians a canadian said come on man just get out of here and go back to go back to glasgow and he was like glasgow I am from Edinburgh, and then he turned around and headbutted our friend. So that's that's the because thing that, that proves that you're from Edinburgh, doesn't yeah, it? Like just headbutt a random person around you. Oh, you tell it because a Glaswegian would only headbutt their own mother. No, they would punch probably. Yeah, not. but yeah, but I remember one audience member, which was, and when we talked about hecklers, why I started this. When we talk about hecklers, I didn't mention her because it's even. I can't oh, even wait. What? the girl I'm about to introduce. Oh, right. Uh, I didn't even talk about her then when we talked about heckling and stuff yeah. because it wasn't even heckling. It was just, I think, a weird thing that happened. So I think I was hosting that show and uh, I was trying to crowd work, asking people who's been to our shows before yeah, or who hasn't been to our shows before. And she clapped. And I was like, who's never been to stand up before? And she clapped. And I was like, who's never seen stand up before on TV, on YouTube, anything? And she clapped. And I was like, okay, well, sometimes we get those people that, you know, it's kind of a fairly new format here and it hasn't been around for a long time, maybe 10 yeah. years. So it still happens that people have kind of no idea. They see something in English. They think it's some kind of uh, speaking club or something. Yeah. I'll go or there. theater sure. show or something. So she was there for the first time and kind of had no clue what the hell is going on. See, like, my, my thing is, or does she just not understand English and she's just clapping at everything? No, no. She she spoke <laughs> English. She wasn't like, you know, uh, a fluent advanced speaker, but she spoke and understood so English. So she understood what you were saying? Yeah, she understood everything. I think that the problem was she just didn't understand the format. She mm. didn't understand what the hell is going on. So the point is, after I moved from crowd work onto telling jokes... I think all the comics immediately understood what kind of audience member she's going to be because everything I said, she tried to talk to me. <laughs> everything. I would be like, so I was in the metro and she's like, oh, I came by metro. You know, just like says it out loud. Oh, yeah. And and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Thanks. Yeah, we all use the subway like now and then and uh and i was going to my to my station and she was like what station do you live on and i'm like well i that doesn't really matter for the story and i don't really want to i was trying to somehow flip it to a joke you know yeah. and try to make some banter but she wasn't being are rude you playing on stalking me or something like yeah, you yeah. need to know my address why yeah but then i thought like if she really doesn't know what stand-up is me kind of teasing and roasting and kind of bantering with her it's also yeah. a bit you know i feel like an asshole i'm yeah. putting her down but she's not offending or challenging me she genuinely thinks it's she thinks it's yeah. like some kind of speaking club mm. right and it went on for the whole like show uh at 
During my you, you bit, didn't explain it to her like, hey, look, it's really great that this is your first stand-up show, but you know, yeah, just so you know the rules, let's let's go because maybe some other people also don't know the rules and they're a bit shy to ask. So let's D- go through this. Yeah, that's during my bit. I was trying to go through that bit, yeah. and I was like, yeah, and then I went, I left Metro and I went outside, and she was like, oh, was it nice and sunny? <laughs> you know, like just kind of constantly trying to participate in the conversation. So lovely of her, and it was so weird because you know I don't want to put her down. Mm. I don't want to be rude, but at the same time, I have to be like, can you please shut up because there is no way we can do a show like this. So after that bit, I think I said, well, you said you're here for the first time. Let me, like, if you appreciate something, if you like something, clap or laugh, but overall, like, for the most of, most of the time, please be silent, Mm. you know, and do not interrupt comics and stuff. And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I didn't know how it works. Like, it's more like theater, whatever, whatever. But then, like, she tried, but sometimes she would still... You know, I think she's like one of those also talkative people, you know, like when there's a chat in the office, she would be like, oh, really? Where was that? You know, people (laughs) that just, you know, like to have a chat. Get involved. Yeah, yeah. Or like people that you sit next to in the bus and they're like, where are you going? Mm. You know, oh, is it your first time? You know, Mm. those kind of people. So she was nice and friendly and, you know, it felt really bad in some way, like stopping her from participating. It was so distracting and so out of place you know like you really Mm. felt like you're in some kind of seminar maybe or some kind of lesson or something where you're trying to say something and then there's this annoying student that keeps interrupting you like sir what about this oh can you repeat that oh what like it's just i don't know i'll i'll always remember i even it was maybe four or five years ago i still kind of remember how she looks yeah yeah (laughs) what has she look blonde and pretty okay and she was alone yeah. Uh, I think it might have been one of those things as well that we had. Was she in drinking? The, I think she was drinking. Early days in like building our scene here. And you can also hear about that in another episode that we talked about one of our early episodes that we had mostly people who just wanted to hang out, yeah. meet foreigners, speak English. And we had a lot of like pretty young girls who wanted to meet foreign men and stuff like this. Right. Not for any, you know, like bad purposes just for the purposes of networking or something like this or yeah, maybe yeah. maybe romantic purposes anything like this but yeah definitely i think she was from that layer of of our audience right so well yeah there are some that are like that that are there for those reasons you know uh they, they do show up okay so one okay so that's a similar thing i suppose a heckling thing where when i came back from Spain. So it was a year off. I came back from Spain and you guys at the time, EMC, you invited me to perform with you guys on a regular basis, on a weekly basis. And occasionally I got to end up hosting and we were in that mojo place, which was like this kind of vegetarian, no, health food sort of restaurant or whatever, wasn't no, it? No, no, no. Mojo was a normal normal bar but in that same venue yeah they closed and then maybe six months later in in that same venue another place opened which was uh was it like a vegetarian restaurant or something yeah or it was like, a, like a, it was like a healthy food uh kind Organic of place sort uh, of thing it, it was anyway whatever the hell it i can't was. remember how they called it yeah but something like healthy teria yeah like something where you like like a Italian style healthy food. Yeah. Well, I think this was back in the Mojo thing. So it was just a bar at this point, I believe. But the venue, I mean, obviously the guy running it wanted to make as much money as possible, try to get uh, as many people to come for whatever. So he kind of double booked, I guess, technically, where he booked, like we had our stand-up show. And at the same time, there was a kind of corporate party in inverted commas of, of some kind 
off to the side along the wall and it was made up of guys who were probably in their I think most of the guys there were in like the 30s or something like mm. that and then there was another group within that group who were a little bit older particularly one guy who probably was in his 50s or something like that I'd say I'd say because uh, I was there as no, well. No, actually, yeah, probably I think 40s. they were in their forties, late forties, because they were mostly kind of grey already, and that's well, starting kind of- to. And then you had the particularly probably the executives or the owners or whatever who were in their sixties or something like that. I would say late fifty or fifties or sixties, something like that. Probably fifties. So anyway, um, and they were all along, and they had with them. Um, uh, they were being accompanied by uh, rather young, early 20s, I would say, Mm -hmm. uh, girls. So guys in their late 40s and 50s hanging out with these younger girls who were all very much, well, they're all wearing like cocktail dresses, high heels, all that sort of stuff. And apparently we found out later on that they were all uh, models. They all belonged to a modeling agency. Mm-hmm, uh, so mm-hmm. they said, models, so we heard, yeah, models, yeah, 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 yeah. inverted commas, models. Um, so we had a group of that. And, w- and what about girls? What was their job? <laughs> uh, and w- the guys, I don't know what the fuck that was. They were, uh, most of them were some kind of bankers. Yeah. Like high it's profile banking. And there were some kind of Swiss, Dutch, whatever, like European was, bankers. Yeah. And the main guy, the the one who obviously was like the the big dog, he was, I think he was Dutch or something like that from the Netherlands or something, but he had a very like American style accent, like very much sounded like he was almost like Texas or something. Anywho, so I was, uh, I believe, I uh, know I was performing. I wasn't hosting. I was performing at that point and I was doing show and he, they were just, well, they didn't give a shit about our show. They were there to chat amongst themselves. The problem is they were right up against near the stage. Like the way that the bar was set up, they ran down the whole side of the room. So their noise would really kind of send a wave across, making it hard to hear, making it hard to not get distracted. So at one point, I think I just told them to keep it down if they could. And the guy responded with something like, oh, I'm sorry, man. It's just uh, I'm getting really excited you know, from the show, like I'm just too excited to to keep still or to keep quiet sort of stuff. And I just end up responding with, well, then stop taking so much Viagra um, because he was the silver fox type who, you know, with his gray hair and the young two girls, one on either side in their early 20s. Uh, so, you know, I made that remark and he responded something like, you know, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, but he obviously got it, the dig, and the whole room erupted in laughter at that kind of dig at him. And he tried to like brush it off, and then they kind of quietened down a little bit. And then, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that show, and you handled it really well with him because I think maybe I was hosting that show, and it was really hard yeah. from the beginning before you put them in their place. But uh, I remember when we came there, me and another organizer to set up everything for the show, yeah. and the owner said, "Like guys, there's been a little bit of a mix-up. So today <laughs> there is this private party, like this five, six kind of foreign bankers, yeah. right? That rented like." 60% of the room, yeah. like those kind of tables and booths next to the wall near the stage, actually. And so it's like five, six of them, and there's going to be 32 or 36, something like these models. Yeah. And, you know, like there was... Yeah, a, that's right. There were a lot more girls and guys. Lot, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the, it was almost like two or three girls for every guy. Yeah, and everything was prepaid. They had mm-hmm. like kind of uh, champagne, food, everything like on each table laid out for them as well. But I remember because I was then maybe, I don't know, 27, 28 mm-hmm. and just an aspiring young comic. And I'm like, wait, 
we have a show and there's going to be 30 something models yeah. coming to the show and i swear to god you have like, no we were, interest in us whatsoever because well, i don't think any of them spoke english no but eye candy you know <laughs> so basically we were setting up the stage and it took us approximately three times longer than ever because you couldn't be stop staring at them because every five minutes a new one would come through the door and i think it was like maybe february or something so they would come in this like long fur coats and stuff yeah. but then they take it off and it's this like short nice cocktail Skimpy dresses cocktail dresses yeah. yeah and it's like you know you can't i'm like we have to make this stage we have to like do the mic check we have to organize everything but also you know <laughs> damn look at this one you know like it was really kind of but yeah i remember i remember that yeah. one and the part that i found really strange though the part that was weird for me wasn't just that like you know like you said like i handled it whatever and then they kind of settled down but the weird part was later on once i finished my set i went outside and i was having a cigarette at the time uh and a drink and then the guy who i had he started coming towards me and i thought oh shit like you know and he was super friendly and he was like, oh, I love what you do. But he was almost very kind of like, and he wanted to shake my hand. He's like, oh, I hope you know. I was just goofing around. I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, cool. I mean, I think it was very bizarre. That, that was the weird part for me was like the, yeah, okay, buddy. Like, I don't know, maybe he was trying to save face or something or it Overall, was, I don't think they were. Maybe like, he respected me more because he was like, hey, you give it out just as good as you get. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, it was I, strange. I, I think overall they were mostly also kind of, you know, nice yeah they, they weren't mean spirited yeah they were just like you know just they get. booked they booked this place yeah. for themselves for their private party and then there are some like assholes doing some open mic kind yeah. of stand up in the same place so it was actually the fault and the mix-up of the owner yeah. bar manager right so not nobody nobody was at fault here like i mean us or them and uh that's that's the thing so i don't think they were particular in the beginning they were kind of loud and didn't care because yeah. they didn't know what's going on but once we asked them and, and told them to you know be respectful for the next hour then they can have their party they mostly were yeah. so uh, the first the first show we had in that place was the same story that was maybe four or five months before the model banker party mm -hmm. the first show ever we said let's try it on a friday mm -hmm. i think and the guy confused it with saturday or whatever like he thought it was a different day so for friday he booked an esoteric masterclass. what which, the hell is an esoteric masterclass? So, so it was a woman who is an uh, astrologist uh -huh. and she was she would help you locate your like uh, find your crystal uh -huh. locate your planet and right. then she would do a reading for you to see how that defines you and affects you in your everyday life and future endeavors and stuff like this. Uh -huh. So basically, we had something like 20 people booked for that show. And she had something like five people for her esoteric thing. So when we actually showed up and our audience started coming, and out of her five people that booked it, like two showed up, the owner said, uh, there's been a mix-up. The guys are going to have a stand-up show. So can we do your thing some other time? Kind of basically canceled her yeah. event. And she was like, okay, whatever, I don't care about it anyways, blah, blah. But then she started going for like she, and she spoke English really well. And she started coming to us and she was like, oh, I hear you're performing today. That's so interesting. I like artists. You're so passionate. You're so, you know, expressive, blah, blah. Can mm -hmm. I, can I do your reading? Okay. And I remember like I said, I sat down to write my jokes and this woman was actively trying to, and I was just, I was so annoyed with this whole situation that we have to share that space that she's annoying me while I'm writing my jokes and stuff that I was just making up shit. She was like, what's your birthday? And I was like, 6th of August, 1992. 
And she's like, okay, that's fine. If I say Jupiter, what color do you imagine? And I'm like purple. And she's like, mm, I see. I that's I knew that that's the color of your aura, <laughs> and uh, this kind of stuff. You know, like if I if I say a valuable metal. Which one do you think of? And I'm like, sink. Mm, and she's like, mm, good, sink. You know, this kind of stuff. And, uh, <laughs> tin. Tin, 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 yeah, tin, tin. Yeah, yeah. Valuable. Give me the tin. Mm, yes, tin. That's what everyone says, tin, yes. It's typical, always tin. Typical. It's always tin. So, <laughs> yeah. And then she, she wrote this kind of, she spent the next 10 minutes writing and she wrote out like the pr profile of mm -hmm. me, uh, like an astrological profile of me. And did I you guys have to charge? Did you charge you for this? No, no, no. Oh, okay. no, no well, at least that's the good part. Well, I mean, sure. But, <laughs> but the funniest thing was like, she was like, and how did you start this? How did you get into comedy? And I'm like, well, we just do it, practice, uh, workshop and stuff. And I was like, how did you get into astrology? And she was like, I went to university. And I was like, I'm sorry, you went to university for astrology? And she was like, well, yeah, I mean, it was an online university. And I'm like, you went to an online university? And she's like, well, yeah. it was a course, actually a course. I'm like, you had a, you, you passed a course in astrology? Yeah. And she's like, well, it was more like an evening school masterclass kind of thing. But I have a degree. I'm like, okay, you have a degree in astrology. Yeah, because, yeah, they give degrees in astrology. That's yeah, a, yeah, that's, it's it's a, certified. That's, you, should, you know what? She needs to get that. Uh, translated, if, it, if it's not in English, you should get it translated, notarized, and apostilled so she can use it internationally. <laughs> yeah. And it can be recognized by places like Harvard and Yale. By the scientific community. Yeah. yeah, scientific community, yeah. Totally. yeah. Uh, but Can't let that sleep because, you know, with the, the way the current of the world situation, you never know where you're going to end up. So, you know. So, yeah, talking about the mix-ups and especially that venue, oh, yeah. that, that happened as well. But one last <laughs> example I have of, uh, it wasn't even weird, the actual show, but the whole situation, how it came to be. Yeah. So we were on tour, the last one just before the pandemic started. We were traveling around the Nordic countries like Northern Europe and mm -hmm. performing. And we were supposed to do three shows in Sweden. Mm -hmm. Actually, we were supposed to, sorry, we were supposed to do four shows in Sweden. Mm -hmm. One in Stockholm with right. a kind of famous promoter and organizer that has his own stand-up club. And three more in like smaller student cities spread around uh, Sweden, mm -hmm. where there was a chain of newly opened American-style sports bars. So they were called something like New York Sport Bar. Uh -huh. in, and it was a like a chain. Basically, in each city, there was the same bar, same mm -hmm. like uniform, same menu, this kind of stuff. And they were really pushing this kind of American foreign theme, angle, whatever. So they were like, oh, what's more American than English stand-up, yeah. right? So when we were planning the tour, someone recommended to Oleg uh, Denisov, who organized this tour, reach out to them. I've done shows there. It was pretty good. They're looking for English-speaking acts and they're ready to pay a fixed fee up front and stuff mm -hmm. like this. So we were like, sure, why not? So it was supposed to be three days in a row, like small Swedish student cities where those bars are and they would handle promotion, they would handle everything like ticketing and pay us a flat fee up front. So maybe five days before we go on tour, he talks to them and they're like, yeah, everything is fine. See you when you come there. Just find the bar manager. He organize everything, get you to the green room, feed you, organize everything for the show and stuff like this. Okay. <laughs> feed you, brush down your coat, you know, make sure you're show ready, <laughs> check yeah. your haunches. Sure. <laughs> I, I don't know what kind of service you expect, but that, that wasn't it, even in that context. So 
Two, three days before we go to first of those cities, yeah. Oleg tries to get in touch with the first bar, with the first bar in the first city. And they're kind of like very slow in answering. They're like, yeah, yeah, sure, come here and whatever. You, Yeah, yeah, fine. And he was like, that's weird. They seem a little bit like reluctant to have us. Let yeah. me get in touch and confirm with the other two cities as well, right? And they just stop answering. They like didn't pick up the phone, didn't answer messages, nothing. So it's now like three, four days before we go to those cities and perform and yeah. they just ghost us. Nothing. Yeah. They're just not answering. So the first one still is okay. They're saying like, yeah, the show is on and everything. And he's asking, can you get in touch with those branches? And the guy's like, we had nothing to do with them. It's like a franchise or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like we run our own bar restaurant here that's you know yeah. uh i mean maybe i can find somewhere like you know contacts or whatever but you know it's it's on you we yeah. can't organize a show in a different city and we don't care about that yeah. so basically two days before we are supposed to go to the show to the city where we now don't have a venue and don't have a show oleg is like well we sold tickets on facebook and online we have people who bought tickets so we have people who are ready to come to the show yeah. and we have a venue that's not answering and doesn't want us there. Let's find a new venue. Right. So through like context, through sheer like perseverance and, and uh, grit or whatever you would call it, Oleg spends, I don't know, a few hours on the phone, on Facebook, on the internet and Googles like bars in uh, Shooping or whatever, this like small Swedish uh, city or was it the other one? I don't know. There were three cities with similar names, yeah. right? And he asks people and he asks, has anyone performed here? Does anyone live here through some student groups? Like where do people go out? Where do English speaking people go out? But that's a maybe 60,000 people city and not much is happening. On, it was like a Tuesday or something. And someone gives him a contact. And it's uh, the New York burger place. No, no. It's like, that is the place to be. Everyone goes there. You're like, Fuck. Yeah, we're like, yeah, definitely. Shit. So someone gives him a contact and says, reach out to this guy. Mm. He speaks English and has a place. And <laughs> His basement. He's <laughs> always in a basement. <laughs> yeah, and, and weirdly, there's some skeletons there. I don't know what's that about. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Chains and, on and, the wall. And, and, and bring some bolt cutters. <laughs> yeah. But yes, he's like, reach out to this guy. He speaks English. He, he has a bar. Maybe he'll be able to help you, right? So Oleg calls him and he's like, I got your number from da-da-da. And we have a stand-up show in English tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's sold out. We sold like 60 tickets or something. We're looking for a place. And the guy's like, Sure, sure. Uh, let's do it. What mm -hmm. do you need? And Oleg's like, well, basically, we need like a microphone and some speakers, surround yeah. system, whatever. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll get you all of that. No problem. Come a bit early and I'll like, again, I'll feed you. I'll mm -hmm. show you around. We'll like chat and stuff. And then you can have the show here. And we're like, wow, we, find a, we found a venue in a foreign, well, not we, Oleg did it. Found a yeah. venue in a foreign country in like one afternoon without speaking the language, without knowing anyone. Perfect. What was the place? We go on Facebook and it's a kebab shop. Oh, delicious. <laughs> and yeah, but it's an actual kebab shop. Like it looks like a kebab shop. There is this <laughs> like long bar with the kebab spinning on the little like <laughs> stripper pole. Uh, you know, like it's it's a nice place. It's not like some kind yeah. of, you know, it's a very nice place, but it's a kind of, it's a kebab place. You can yeah. see that it's a kebab. And it's definitely not a place where, you know, English stand-up would happen yeah. in a foreign country. But we come there that day a bit earlier. The guy is super nice. Everyone's super nice. They help, they help us move all the tables so they kind of fit yeah. this stage area. We set up the mic. They feed us this delicious huge kebab uh, <laughs> as well, like on the house. And the people come. We have the show. People love it. 
they earn extra money because on a Tuesday we bring them yeah. 60 people and yeah. they all order stuff. We were happy because we had a show, we had a venue uh, and so on. But it was such a, you know, if someone told me a year before that, yeah, you'll be traveling around Scandinavia and performing. And I'll be like, wow, where? In a kebab shop. And this like, is going to be one of your best gigs. We'll be in be a one, kebab shop. You'll yeah, be like, yeah. my God, are we that bad? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, you're going to have a great show and people are going to speak English. And this like kebab shop man will speak fluent English. And he was somewhere from, I think, Middle East because he was a native to the yeah. food he was making. And yeah, just yeah. such a weird kind of last minute effort yeah and still amazing show and like turnout and and uh, well it's like you know the, the, those pop-up gigs or whatever they have in like in new york and boston where you know it's famous like a lot of these big names like pat and oswalt and all these or emo films you know they performed in laundry mats and stuff like these pop-up comedy shows that people do like these alternative uh comedy shows where they do people living room they do it in laundry mats they do it in bookshops no the, the unconventional place and the whole point is that it's meant to be in an unconventional place like, where normally you would never expect to see stand-up and that's the whole point in a way you guys did it you just ended up going alternative without meaning to that's yeah it. that's i mean those shows are kind of meant to break the mold or whatever be yeah. like super alternative super you know like taking comedy out of its comfort zone and yeah. stuff like this but this was just a fuck up fu well not a fuck up it was just some and basically we, desperate, we, <laughs> desperation we, while we were it was maybe i don't know 500 meters away from the new york whatever yeah. burger place sports bar whatever it was called so while the audience was gathering we went there to to see it and it was yeah. completely empty and we're like you fuckers like you'd rather have an empty bar than answer our like yeah. calls and messages and have a show i don't know what for what did you guys they, get in contact with them and cancel like did you say all right we're not coming then no i mean like they they never for like five days and up to the day of the show they never answered or got back to us and back to us or anything I mean, you should you should have then taken photos of your gig with all these people sent it to them and gone oof so many kebabs sold buddy so many kebabs yeah. sold but i mean the show that we did have in the other city in the mm. in the first bar that we that actually happened was also pretty bad and the organization and staff and everything was quite horrible yeah. so we were much much happier with the kebab shop yeah. and with this shit sports bar but yeah i mean that's just an example of you know how yeah comedy out of place in a weird yeah. kind of venue also yeah. works talking about out of place uh there was the one time like back when the mojo days uh when i first started the best thing for me about mojo was that it was literally down the street on the same street as where my work was right it was about like a 10 15 minute walk with an underpass and all sort of stuff you know crossing a busy big busy road and then remember one time i was uh at a halloween party and because it was my first it was the the first halloween party the tradition was that the new teacher would wear the shark onesie that they had there it was a big shark onesie and so i was wearing it during the halloween party and minute. then that wasn't your shark onesie no it wasn't mine but you know we it gets dry cleaned and then set up for the next person so anyway that's not the concern i had that the uh. onesie was full of spunk or something <laughs> hey, like that hey, hey, that's, hey. that's not you know my my, my kind of because i all because I always thought that it's for some reason that it's yours. Because you seem like a person that would walk around home in such a thing. In a shark one. Like, really? Do I? Instead of pajamas or something. Okay. And I thought maybe it's some like weird little role play you have with your <laughs> wife. Like, who is a little fishy? Come on, big daddy shark. Come and, come and get me. Come and eat me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, like nature says you should. And then you just go behind her, daddy shark. Doo -doo 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 -doo. But, uh, <laughs> this is a theme song. 
but, but, but no, but <laughs> please don't give her ideas. She listens to this, all right? <laughs> oh, but you don't. That now I know that you don't own that one. No, so I don't own that one. It's off the table. Yeah, but I was sure off. it's yours. I was yeah. sure it's yours because if someone asked me out of all the comics we have in Moscow and we had in the previous years, <laughs> I don't know which comic owns a shark onesie. <laughs> I would say. Probably David. <laughs> Probably. Fair enough. No, that's fair enough. So the thing was, I and I didn't have time to change because the initial idea was to like obviously get changed, right? And I didn't have time because you know we had the time, and you guys were already messaging me going, "When are you going? When are you going to finish? Are you going to get here on time? This and that." And I'm like, "Fuck, fuck, fuck!" So I'm like, "Yes, I'll be there." So I just grabbed my stuff and just ran. Um, and I kind of was like, you know, running through and I literally was running through like the Moscow street, like this busy intersection street and the underpass and everything wearing a shark onesie running to the gig, um, saying I'm there, I'm there. I'll just pop straight on stage. I think you were on stage hosting and you were like spinning the wheels, like, you know, just wasting time. Like, you know, oh, the next comedian, he's going to be coming up and blah, blah. And then you saw me come around the corner and I think you gave me that weird look of like, what the fuck? fuck and then and you were like and he's from australia obviously you'll be able to tell and, da, da, da. and then i just got up on stage and i just started performing and the weird part was i decided i had decided while i was running that i just was not going to mention the onesie i was not going to make any comments about it i was not going to allude to it there was nothing in my bit about sharks or whatever so i just was doing my my bits and uh just didn't explain why and people were laughing but you could see they had that perplexed look on their face like why is he in a shark onesie and eventually at some point i was like is there any questions or something like that or would someone have something? and he uh someone yeah was like yeah just one why why the shark suit what's going on i, I have a crucial question that might yeah. explain some of it or make it more confusing what was it Halloween that yeah. day? Yeah, yeah, it was Halloween. Well, then then, then it's like completely self-explanatory. I mean, like oh, yeah. if it's Halloween that day, even though many people in Moscow probably, well, even... Well, it was an actual Halloween was, day. It wasn't the 31st of October, but it was around that period of time. Well, still, like you, you, yeah, could, yeah. you could connect the dots. Yeah. Like if you gave it a thought, right? Oh, but yeah. If it was like some kind of March show and you walk... In, in the shark onesie a, then. Shark onesie. And then you realize, well, it's because it's Shark Week four, on four, Netflix. Yeah, Come on. 40-year-old man yeah. and not explain it at all, not be like playing a character of a shark or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was that, that would be very, like, yeah. I, I think you would be like a... I have like been tempted a, to do it since then. You'll be like a, like a fish out of water. <laughs> <laughs> Never make that joke again. Now, but, no, but the thing is, I have been tempted since then to do something similar, like wear some really weird outfit, on a random day, like a onesie like that, and then just, just not to mention it. Just don't even talk about it. Just perform and just see how long it takes for someone to go, why the hell are you wearing? And then whatever the hell, like a Wookiee outfit or something. Yeah. So no, 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 that was I a bit also, of a weird one. It was a funny one and it was, you know, it was a little bit of a laugh. No, I also think you probably do own a Wookiee outfit. <laughs> Shh, that one is role play. <laughs> what? Oh, well, should I even, should I ask? In that scenario, you're... Your wife would be Han Solo, probably. Ah, oh, yeah. Yoda. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's Han Solo. She's cool. All Come right. On. Sure. Sure. She's right. Solo Hanet. Hanet Solo. You're ah, gonna be when, 
when she hears this episode, you're going to be sold. Oh, God. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I might I might not tell her when it's being released. I'll just be just, like, yeah. Is we, there an episode? Nope, nope, no, no, no episodes. Not, no, not this week. No. no, there was some technical glitch. Nothing got saved. Sorry, yeah. computer exploded. Bummer. Microphone. Yeah. But still, still, can you draw up the the poster for it just in case? <laughs> yeah, and also and also listen and like and comment and and stuff. But yeah, but it doesn't exist really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and and give some money to the Patreon, whatever. And uh, if you can, you know, at some point, you know, just uh, you know, give feedback. Uh, Twitter as well. We're on Twitter too. So, you know, babe, when you can, that'd be great. <laughs> all, the, all the social media, yeah, just uh, go whatever. there, use it, write something, like us, share us, yeah. donate, whatever. But just keep in mind that this episode does not exist. Yeah. Just for the sake of Davis yeah. marriage. And if you see, if you see it there, babe, it's not there. That, that's just a, a practice uh, demo thing. Also, let's do it like this. If we manage to get a donation on Patreon, <laughs> let's let's promise that the first purchase will be a Chewbacca onesie <laughs> for David. I guarantee, I guarantee, and we'll take a photo for our like social media and stuff and you guys are gonna, so whoever donates, I don't know what would Chewbacca costume go for, I don't know, 20 bucks? Whoever don't, like if we get, manage to gather 20 bucks. No, because it's gonna be Star Wars apparel. It's got like, you know, merchandising, franchising. I'm sure it's gonna be like 50 bucks, something stupid. Well, we're gonna get the Chinese one. Oh, right, like, yeah, true. Yeah. It's not gonna be Chewbacca, <laughs> oh. it's gonna be like Chinbacca or something, <laughs> Chambuca. But uh, yeah. It's Kombucha. Kombucha. We're not, we're not splashing money out for like a proper Disney It's like a green trademark. Wookie, the Kombucha green Wookie. Yeah, the, the sour Wookie, <laughs> yeah. the mushroom Wookie. Right, so do that. Please uh, like us, follow us, share us. And if you can, donate to Patreon or show this podcast to someone who you think might enjoy it as well. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Igor Monday. And I've been David Munoz. Goodbye.